This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is Impact Investing Basics. Now, the concept of social impact investing is not recent. This is something that's been around for a while and has carried a number of names. But we want to dive into what the current state of the union is about impact investing and socially responsible investing and things like that. And with me to dive into that topic today is Kelsey Banky. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the origins of impact investing and socially responsible investing. Really, this goes back to the 1800s when there were some religious groups like the Quakers and the Methodists, which were the first two notable ones that did this. They established socially responsible investing guidelines for their followers. I think that's kind of fascinating. It is. I'm not surprised, though, <laughs> to hear which groups are the, the original pioneers of this whole concept. Um, but, it, but it's interesting, and it's been around for a long time, and I think it sees some um, ups and downs along. You know, it becomes really popular and something people do for a while, and then it kind of fades out and comes back, and it just it's just interesting to me to read up on this. Okay, so you may have heard about socially responsible investing in the past, And one of the things that happened is that there's been some changes in terminology and changes in kind of the structure of that type of investing to now it's called ESG investing. And ESG investing stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Investing. So when you hear socially responsible or ESG, they're the same thing basically. The ESG is even just a little bit more specific. And the whole idea with this, the whole idea of ESG investing is it aims for positive social and environmental impact from investments alongside of the financial return that comes from them. So looking at the the actual impact of the investing in how much money it makes and how profitable it is, but also looking um, when they're making decisions on how to invest at the environmental, social, and governance and, and way that it's impacting the world too. Right. So here's the thing, and I want to be really clear when I say this. If all you are doing is comparing returns, especially short-term returns, then ESG or impact, or socially responsible investing is not going to compare very favorably. Short-term returns are not what this type of investing is about. It really is completely geared towards long-term returns, and we're going to talk a little bit about why I'm saying that. But if all you're looking for is a a comparison of a percent return to a percent return, you're generally not going to see any of the socially responsible or ESG investments profile very well. No, and I, I do a lot of research and see a lot mm-hmm. of different investments out there, um, particularly in the mutual fund investing. And it's very rare that one of the investment choices that that falls into social investing or impact investing or ESG investing, it's, it's not very common that those go to the top of the list they based don't. on returns. Yep. There are some that do, but it's it's just not as consistent as the, the completely open architecture funds. Okay. So 
impact investing, though, is something that is one of the fastest growing areas of responsible investment. So inside of ESG investments, there's a sub-segment that's called impact investing, and we're going to talk about what exactly that is. But the estimates are that this sector is growing by $250 billion a year. So one of the things that is happening is we're seeing a shift We really are seeing a shift into that. People are saying, I'm not just in it for the short-term gain. I'm in it for the long-term, and I'm putting my values next to my financial objectives, and I'm going to say both of them matter equally to me. So that's why we're starting to see this become more of something that people are focusing on. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about ESG strategies. There really is a total of five actual specific parts to something that is an environmental, social, and government strategy, okay? And these are important for people to understand. The first thing that happens is called exclusionary screening, And exclusionary screening means that they're going to take entire sectors, companies, or countries from a portfolio and say, we're not going to have these in our investment. And it's based on ESG criteria like moral or ethical views or religious beliefs. I've had conversations with people that that were exclusionary screening, basically, but Mm -hmm. they just didn't use those terms. So they they want to avoid, you know, an industry that's not helpful for health or they want to exclude countries that don't um, treat their citizens well or exclude companies who have had problems um, treating their employees well. It's 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 interesting um, how many people feel that way about yep. certain things mm-hmm. but didn't really know that they were doing exclusionary screening. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things they call these is the sin stocks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Which I, I think it goes back to those early days where it was really the religious organizations mm-hmm. that were saying you're a sinner if you're doing these things or something like that. And so the sin stocks typically are things like tobacco companies or gambling companies or different things like that that are con- con- uh, considered vices, mm-hmm. whatever. So exclusionary screening is step one. Step two is positive screening. So positive screening is investing in companies that actually demonstrate positive ESG performance relative to their peers. So looking for the companies that are highlighting the fact that they have environmental, they have socially responsible type of things at the forefront of their companies as a value proposition. Yep. So companies who are really doing a lot um, in regards to donating to charities or um, have streamlined their production so Mm -hmm. that they have less... um, greenhouse emissions and all those things or less consumption or better recycling or there's it's it's again it's a lot of people who are saying I'd like to bet you know I'd like to support companies doing this and and again they're doing the positive screening and not even right realizing that that's what they're doing so screen out the sinners bring in the the companies that are doing good in the world (laughs) step one and two okay the third thing is called ESG integration And basically, it's taking the screened-in ones then, or the pool that's left, and then laying it alongside actual financial analysis, right? Because just because some company is out there doing good in the world doesn't make it a necessarily good investment. So there's they have to integrate the benefits and the ESG side of it with the financial analysis. So that's step three. 
Now step four is where it starts to get interesting and step four is actually called the impact investing step. So like I said, impact investing is a segment of ESG investing. And impact investing is investing in companies or organizations or funds who have a commercial purpose of solving social or environmental problems. So it's kind of like another screen in, like a positive screen, Mm -hmm. but it's specifically now looking for somebody whose entire company purpose is social or environmental fixes. Yep. So not just companies who are doing a good job within the the organizations that they have in reducing their, you know, bad stuff and making the best stuff um, more prominent. It's, It's specifically... Their whole company objective is to try to make the world better. Right. And then the last pillar of the ESG strategies is active ownership. So funds, they, they want to engage with these companies that have the ESG concerns at the forefront, um, that they know that these values are going to affect the company's long-term growth, and they want to use shareholder power to influence that corporate behavior. So it's using the power of many, investing in something that creates good in the world. And so that that ownership factor, the buy-in factor, is what is the final pillar of the ESG strategies. Okay, so here's the thing, is that the impact investing goes a step further than just ESG investing because they are specifically looking at companies whose express purpose, whose only purpose is creating positive social or environmental impact. And so while ESG investing analyzes sustainability factors in order to understand their effect on the investment returns, impact investing strategies prioritize the positive social and investment impact above the financial return, okay? So impact investing is very forward-looking, and it aims to identify the businesses and organizations that are pursuing purpose-led activities with the intention of delivering products and services that tackle the understood needs of that area or economy or the global economy, okay? So let me give you an example (laughs) of impact investing. So an example would be creating a bond that is raised by a global nonprofit to fund care centers for war victims. Okay, so taking care of people who are victims of war. That's an example of an impact. Um, Another impact investing thing that I've seen is working with underdeveloped third world countries that have created a product or something that they can sell to developed countries, but they don't have the funds to ship it. So they have the funds to create the products, but they don't have the funds to actually ship it to the developing country. And so Impact Investing will create a pool of money that provides the shipping costs as a loan And so if they can front the shipping costs, then once they have the product sold, then they can go back and pay for the shipping costs. They just don't have the funds or the cash flow to pay it ahead of time. So it's kind of providing impact, things like that, where without that business, that local economy would suffer to the point where their human beings that live there would be in trouble or would have a much lower quality of life. Okay, 
So impact investing is long-term in nature and focuses on developing new capabilities. And they're capabilities that address the needs of society in basically a mission-led manner. So it's going to it requires investors to identify the opportunities ahead of time that they think are going to endure over time. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today, Kelsey and I are talking about impact investing and what ESG or environmental, social, and governments type of investments are and why they matter. All right, so we said earlier that impact investing, really, you have to be in it for the long term. But share a little bit with us, Kelsey, about why that is. Well, it's it's really the case for impact investing has to do with the investors have to live in the society shaped by their investments. And therefore, the environmentally or socially uh, positive investing is inherent to their interests. Right. So we have to live in this world, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so the more good we do in this world, the better off everyone is. Mm-hmm. So Which, I think it aligns with everybody's best interests. It does. And it, and it aligns with why people, you know, commit to charities, why people recycle, why Mm -hmm. people pay attention to their, um, what kind of vehicle they're driving and things like that is that everything that we do has some kind of, um, you know, impact, whether it's positive or negative. And so this is coming along as people are trying to have that positive impact on, um, their, with their investing, which then they think is going to lead to more positive world. So in the long term, um, businesses can only thrive if the wider economy or society is doing well. And I think that's true. I think that's very true. The better that the global economy does, the better that our country, America, does, the better off everybody is inside of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a healthier system altogether. But change takes time. It does. Change takes time. It takes time for the impact from change to be made. And that's why impact investing really is in it for a long term. But I will say that I think it's kind of remarkable. I see that there's a bit of a transformation underway because it's reflected in an increasing awareness among businesses and shareholders that we have to create a sustainable and resilient world combined with a recognition that investing has to make money. (laughs) Right? Like that's sort of the purpose of investing is mm-hmm. to make money. Otherwise so, it'd be charity. <laughs> exactly. So aligning the investment goals that are long-term, that take time to pay off with these environmental, social factors, it is what does good in the world and creates the impact. And it's also what creates sustainable business models. So forward-looking companies that are looking to reduce their environmental footprint, decrease their fuel and energy consumption, decrease their water consumption, produce less waste. Those are the type of companies that have sustainability in the long run as one of their factors. Okay, so you might be thinking like, well, what are some of the environmental factors or the social factors that these companies are really focusing on? And what was interesting is that the UN actually developed these goals that are the, they're called SDG goals. So they're sustainable development goals, okay? And there, there's um, a num- there's 17 goals, but there's literally like 169 sub-goals. <laughs> so we thought it would be kind of fun to talk a little bit about what some of these goals are and why this type of investing really does align with the best interests of humanity. So the very first SDG goal that the UN, you know, got behind was saying no poverty. 
no poverty. What a beautiful world it would be if there really wasn't millions of people living in poverty. Yeah. So I think that is definitely one that I can get behind. Next, zero hunger. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we don't think in our privileged world sometimes that people right down the street might be hungry, much less around the world. Mm -hmm. The number of of children and families who are food insecure is uh, a pretty astounding number if you haven't ever looked into it. So um, supporting companies and putting your money there, um, all of these are admirable, but um, knowing that you have food coming to you, it, it, it would be a pretty amazing goal to solve. Now these aren't in any order. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit, but kind of along with the zero hunger goes clean water and sanitation. You know, I I take clean water for granted. I take it for granted that water's going to come out of my faucet and I'm going to be able to drink it. And when it's not, and we have a boil advisory or something like that, as as you see across the, the states, it's really frustrating and it's a pain and I could not imagine. It's a huge inconvenience. Right? I could not imagine that being my everyday status. So uh, I think that's that's also great is clean water and sanitation. Exactly. All right. Another thing that one of the UN uh, SDGs or Sustainable Development Goals is focusing on is gender equality, which I think is interesting. So we have a lot of like equal pay and different things like that initiatives in the United States, but gender equality is a much bigger world issue, I think, than it is here in the United States. Well, of course, and and you have to keep in mind, developed countries all have a lot more time that they've been focusing on these issues, but the the countries that are still developing or merging into the the economies, they have a long way to go because mm-hmm. they are where we were at, you know, hundred. 200 years ago so another thing that these goals are focusing on is quality education and I guess I'm a big proponent that the more you know the more you can grow the more education people have the more empowered they are the more impact they can have in their own life in their own local communities and their own family so education is a huge starting point for growth in the world this one will be a fascinating one to watch because with the evolution of technology and and the further that that comes the more opportunity there is for education to be able to get out to the masses in, in in better, greater ways. So I'm really excited to see this one um, continue to work and watch companies um, act in that goal. Another one's good health and well-being. We, we have a lot of places in the world that don't have access to good medical care. You know, and we don't hear about some of the things that are still running rampant in other countries, in other continents AIDS epidemics that are still killing people by the thousands a day. We have figured out how to take care of them on our own soil, but we haven't necessarily figured out how to take care of some of these things in other places. And there are fixes for them, but not everybody has access to those fixes. Mm -hmm. So good health and well-being is definitely something on the docket that's one of these UN SDG goals that socially responsible, and, and um, impact investing helps address. So life on land and also below water, two separate goals, um, but, but paying attention to, you know, how we're, we're affecting the other living things on the planet. Um, and this has a lot, just a lot to do with the, 
you know, how um, safe we are, you know, the oil spills and the taking out all the trees and things like that um, that you see on the news, you know, less frequently, but it's still there um, and making sure that companies are being very considerate of the impact to both uh, land and water. Um, Yeah. The world is made up of either land or water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like we got to take care of them both. (laughs) Yep. And very, very crucial and and makes it a very rich place to live. So along with those things goes one of their other goals, which is responsible consumption and production. So consuming resources that the world has to offer, but also producing resources in a responsible way. Um, That speaks to emissions, that speaks to, you know, waste and things like that. So those are the type of things that are, are focused on in some of these, you know, arenas. All right. So the thing is, there's a there's a handful more of them. There's actually 17 that are the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And, and this gives you a flavor of the type of things that they're aligning the companies behind and then socially responsible or ESG investing are going after. And like I said, there's 169 sub-goals of these, which really illustrates the breadth of opportunity that impact investing offers. So... The benefits of the SDGs, these socially or these development goals that the UN set out, basically are it gave us a list to work from and created segments that companies can align behind to try to attract investors who have these goals at the forefront of their own value system. So it helps investors integrate their ESG investing goals by identifying the companies with the investment opportunities so that you can kind of partner up in the areas that are most impactful or most meaningful to you. Well, I think you'll also see a number of companies, I I would anticipate this, that are going to try to align themselves better with those, knowing that $250 billion a year is going that direction. So Mm -hmm. um, they see an opportunity to have investors. Okay. So before exploring your investment options and your actions, make sure you consider your motivations for this. Talk to a financial advisor about what ESG investments might be right for you. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.